That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to the Great America Show. Great to have you with us. The January 6th committee is beginning its hearings, and with them comes a new chapter in the iniquity and evil of the Marxist left in America, a continuation of their politics of destruction and deceit. There is, of course, the question of whether the committee itself is lawful. As Speaker Pelosi ignored the clear requirements of establishing such a committee when she rejected two congressmen selected by minority leader Kevin McCarthy. Pelosi then appointed two rhino congressmen who are party outcasts, Liz Cheney and Adam Kenzinger. They are also the only Republicans to vote for creation of that committee, and the Republican National Committee censured them for doing so. And there are many questions the committee itself hasn't answered, including why Pelosi has refused to release all video relating to the Trump rally and the Capitol Hill intrusion. And, of course, questions about the Capitol security on January 6th. And the questions go on. The fear among some Republicans is that the committee's true purpose is to create just a pretext to make a criminal referral against President Trump to the politically corrupt Justice Department. That fear is understandable given that DOJ has been an eager accomplice with the Marxist Dems' political persecution of President Trump for the past six years, including three years of FBI investigation, almost two years of a special counsel investigation, and two impeachments, all of which produced absolutely nothing. We are witness, ladies and gentlemen, to the Democrat Party and the deep state possessed and led by the Marxist left in full assault against a man before, after, and during his term as president, with the full complicity of the corporate national media and members of his own party, including some in leadership. And with these hearings, the madness goes on, unchecked. And of course, President Trump is still being persecuted by local prosecutors as well the Attorney General of New York, the Manhattan DA's office, and the DA of Fulton County, Georgia, all politically motivated and relentless. The power of district attorneys recognized by billionaire leftist George Soros, who's been funding like-minded leftist prosecutors' political ambitions for years. In so doing, Politico now credits him with the anti-law and order progressive overhaul of the entire American justice system. Breitbart reports the Law Enforcement Defense Fund found that Soros had spent $40 million sponsoring those leftist prosecutors and now can claim to have successfully placed 75 radical leftist prosecutors in office around the country. The left is advancing and police and sheriff departments are struggling to retain and recruit law enforcement officers. There's no question that the Marxist left is driving the Biden White House, the radical Dems, and their agenda. An agenda and objective authored by former President Barack Obama 
two presidents ago now, The Fundamental Transformation of America. Our guest today has been on the front lines of the battle for the future of America. Our guest is Senator Ron Johnson. He sits on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, the Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation, the Committee on the Budget, and he's ranking member of both the Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs and the Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations. And I have to say, all of those assignments are important and prestigious, and I also must point out they carry with them a tremendous burden, a tremendous responsibility to the nation, and the senator's workload is extraordinary. And certainly, I appreciate all he does for this country. Senator Johnson, it's great to have you back with us here on The Great America Show. I I, want to start first with the Biden administration and what we're looking at in poll after poll after poll is uh, devastating for this president and for the Democratic Party. I'd like your reading on what is happening in this country politically and what you're expecting uh, in November. Hello, Lou. It's uh, great to be back. Well, first of all, what we are witnessing is what uh, President Biden talked about, fundamentally transforming America. Uh, Now we see what that fundamental transformation looks like. Open borders, a flood of illegal immigrants, uh, 40-year high inflation, record gasoline prices, rising crime, the indoctrination of our children through way too many schools. Uh, They're fundamentally destroying this country. I I think what amazes me is that his approval ratings are as high as they are. Uh, How can any American take a look at this disaster that is Democrat governance, the weakening of America that quite honestly tempts tyrants like Putin to invade and take advantage of of American weakness, uh, our lack of resolve and invade a country like Ukraine? I mean, this, this is a result of Biden governance Democrat policies, Democrat governance. This didn't just happen. This is the result, and in many cases, the the desired result of their policies. They want open borders. They want a flood of illegal immigrants. They want high gasoline prices, so they were all forced into uh, more expensive electric vehicles. Uh, This is their vision of America. It's, It's not most Americans' vision. It is a totalitarian vision as well, and I think it's very clear now to... Uh, even casual political observers, that this is a Democrat party that is now driven by uh, Marxist Dems, uh, and they mean business, as you've suggested. I, I think I remind the audience every once in a while, we're, we've only had this man in the White House for 17 months, and the catalog of uh, destructive policies and initiatives and decisions on the part of this president are stunning. Uh, one would think that it would take at least a full term to achieve the, the, the devastation that he has, but he's done it in 17 months. And we're now expecting on our Southern border, another five to 7 million illegal immigrants to cross that border in the second year of the Biden presidency, your thoughts. Well, first of all, your listeners need to understand that radical leftists, which by and large, is now the Democrat Party, they are relentless. Uh, This is the same cast of characters. I mean, people who served in the Obama administration are serving the Biden administration. They sit, and when they're out of power, they plot for the next moment when they're in power, and they they strike immediately. They flood the zone. And so, 
people have to understand that they are driving toward one party rule. Why do you think the first House bill, HR1, is about a national takeover of our elections? That they know full well the results of the Baker Carter Commission on elections that said that absentee balloting presents the greatest uh, threat toward fraudulent elections. And that's what they're driving toward. That's they use COVID to double the number of absentee ballots. They want mail-in ballots. They want a flood of illegal immigrants. Uh, again, you can't fully explain why. You know, when you try, you get accused of uh, being a racist. But the fact of the matter is, it's it is changing America, and it is it is fundamentally transforming it. And as I said before, it's the fundamental destruction of this country. And I hope more Americans are waking up. But the problem is we've got a mainstream media that is also uh, populated with a bunch of radical leftists. Uh, they installed President Biden, a guy who campaigned from his basement. They made him president. They will continue to cover up for him uh, as they move down this uh, road to socialism. And as you say, they covered up for him, but they were uh, it was even uh, a stronger relationship than that, I believe, Senator. Uh, it was complicity at all levels whether the corporate media outlets, uh, whether it be the intelligence agencies, uh, it, particularly under President Obama, and the impact that they had uh, lasting through to the 2020 election. Uh, it's outrageous what we witnessed. And uh, the president, the, uh, as vice president, a former vice president running for president, stood in front of the American people and lied through his teeth. And uh, about the laptop, his son's involvement and his family's involvement uh, in corrupt schemes, which is now a matter of uh, public record. And the American people now are extremely distrustful, I think, really, of both parties, but certainly the Democrat Party for all that they've done. Uh, what do you think the implications are for this November? Will it be a wave? Will it be a historic uh, election? Well, it certainly should be. I mean, Democrats deserve to be swept from power. Uh, but if you really just take a look, uh, you know, dating back into the 2016 election and the corruption of Hillary Clinton, uh, first of all, her email server and then the corrupt exoneration at you know, the exoneration email, the, the corrupt editing of that where James Comey left her off the hook. And we find out that Hillary Clinton approved of, uh, you know, this leaking of a story, completely false, completely made up of whole cloth, that Trump was uh, somehow had a relationship with Alpha Bank. And of course, the Steele dossier, which uh, now the, we know the FBI knew was Russian disinformation as early as October 2016. And yet they kept this, this false narrative, this hoax going for years. I mean, this is the most destructive political dirty trick in U.S. history. It resulted in, in a basically attempted coup of a sitting president and certainly harmed his reelection chances. But th this was all started by with Hillary Clinton. Uh, and we, we still to this day don't know whether Russia actually did hack the DNC server, but that sure was a good distraction over the, the nasty uh, emails that uh, that revealed. And then they, again, accused Russian collusion, uh, whether it was a steel dossier, the, the Alpha Bank hoax. Uh, they went so far as senior Democrats uh, produced a intelligence product, had it classified, then lead to the media accusing Senator Grassley and myself of soliciting and then disseminating Russian disinformation. Nothing could have been further from the truth, but the press was complicit in that uh, Russian collusion narrative as well. 
So this is tried and true. These are diversionary tactics. You know, I, I always go back to that uh, Lisa Page, Peter Strzok text. And by the way, it's my committee work. We're, we made those texts public. But in right. December 2016, there was one text that uh, certainly caught my attention. Think our sisters are leaking like mad. This is struck to page. Think our sisters, the sister agencies are leaking like mad, scorned and worried and political. They're kicking into overdrive. I think that was pretty descriptive of what was happening. They, they, they wanted to cover their tracks. You know, once the wrong guy, from their estimation, got elected president, they just started a diversionary operation of what they had done during the 2016 election. Again, we don't know all the details. We may never know all the details, but I, I do credit John Durham as, as much as I, I disliked how slow he moved. And these investigations are difficult, but what he revealed in his uh, indictment and trial of uh, Michael Sussman, I hope every American is paying attention to because it just shows the utter corruption of Hillary Clinton, her campaign, uh, elements uh, high in the FBI, our Department of Justice, you know, I, I would say even our intelligence services that, you know, Chuck Grassley and I, we wrote a letter to Gina Haspel, you know, laying out specific pieces of information we wanted. This is during the Trump administration. She was serving President Trump. He wanted this stuff made public. She didn't give us one piece of paper. She wouldn't even return our phone call. Never talked to us, just never complied. Thumbed her nose at legitimate congressional oversight. The deep state is deep. It's pervasive. It's populated with radical leftists. And that's a real problem for our nation. It is a tremendous uh, problem for our nation, as you just said. Uh, and I don't believe people have quite come to terms with the fact that these are Marxist leftists driving the Democrat Party now. This is a group of people within the deep state, the permanent bureaucracy, who mean uh, to align themselves on every issue with the Democrat Party. And devil take the hindmost, and Republicans are uh, defenders of the status quo, and that is not going to stand for these uh, these radical leftists as you describe them, uh, because they mean they mean to fundamentally transform, as President Obama famously said, uh, this great nation. And we are watching, uh, we are reaping the whirlwind right now. Uh, there isn't one element of public policy in this country. Uh, at which President Biden is touched, that isn't the worst for it. And the pain is being felt by millions of Americans, whether it's almost $10 a gallon gasoline in California, uh, whether it is uh, a, a, a border that is wide open uh, and a president who is failing in his duty in every, every aspect. I seriously cannot think of a single public policy choice he's made or decision that he's taken that is to the benefit of the United States national interest. Can you? No, all of his policies have weakened America. And again, we don't have to theorize what socialism results in. It results in totalitarianism. Tens of millions of people have died, have been murdered by these totalitarians through history, whether it's the Soviet Union, Cuba. Uh, take a look at Venezuela. I saw a recent uh, meme on uh, uh, social media laying out the timeline in Venezuela, where not, not that many years ago, they were the third largest economy in uh, the Western Hemisphere, the, the, second larger purchases, the second largest purchaser of Ford F-150 trucks. And then they elected Chavez. They, they drove toward income equality, which means you have equal misery. And we've seen what happened. Now, now they have starving. They, they took away guns. Uh, they started murdering their own people. 
Uh, it didn't take long. It took less than a generation to destroy Venezuela, which should be a rich nation. And, and quite honestly, as Cuba should be an island paradise. But because of socialism and communism, communism it destroyed those nations. And as Ronald Reagan said, our freedom is but one generation from being lost. And we have to take that seriously, particularly with the current crop in power here in Washington, D.C. I, I couldn't agree with you uh, more strongly. Uh, absolutely. And I don't believe most people are really appreciate the dimension, the depth, and the profundity of that uh, existential moment in which we now live. Uh, this is this is that generation in which it could be lost, in my opinion, because uh, the the Marxist left is in control of our courts, our FBI, the Department of Justice, uh, most of the executive departments uh, in the country, certainly the White House. Uh, our our Supreme Court is highly politicized, uh, and we will see what they what they create. Uh, what uh, is uh, the result of these decisions as we conclude the term uh, this summer? Uh, it's a military that is also corrupted and ineffective. The leadership, I would say the top two levels of our general uh, officer staff is is just woe be gone. They are politicized and they are devastating in their in their leadership, so-called leadership uh, in the military. I don't know where an American citizen right now turns to say, you know, this is a government I'm proud of. This is a government that has not declared me as a citizen of the United States its enemy because this government, Senator, across the board, political corruption permeates and the American citizen, whether you're a parent uh, with the government trying to intrude in the relationship between you and your child in the school, uh, whether you are uh, buying a, a product uh, that has a label Disney on it, you again are being accosted uh, by a, a wretched and again, corrupt uh, inter intervention in the relationship between our families and the welfare of our children by corporations, by the government, by our schools. It goes on and on. Your thoughts? But you certainly don't want to grow the federal government. The long-term solution is to devolve the power back to the, the people, back to the states, back to local government. That, that was the really foundation premise of this nation is government close to the government, where it's going to be more accountable, more efficient, more effective. But, Lou, the, the master stroke of the left occurred in the 60s. Uh, as you recall, you're, you're, you're old enough, as I, am I. We, we lived through the Vietnam War protests when college administrations capitulated to the radical left. And so... I always point out three colleges particularly that they control, journalism, education, and law. So they've had control of these institutions now for most of them for decades. And so That's they're cranking right. out lawyers to become activist judges. Uh, they're you know, graduating educators who are indoctrinating our children into leftist views. I go on mainstream media, you know, people like Chuck Todd, it's not an interview, it's an argument. <laughs> They're advocating. They're not journalists. It's not, it's not an unbiased media anymore. Now, we certainly still have a free press, and we have outlets, obviously, you know, like, like this show and others. But you know, in, in terms of the percentage of the American public that, that watch this versus most people get their news feeds now from our you know, big tech social media uh, giants, 
uh, their radical leftists. Look at what the, uh, Mark Zuckerberg did in Wisconsin. He took over the, the election system in Green Bay, Wisconsin. His political hack had the key to the absentee ballot room. And yet people go, oh, no, nothing went what went wrong in that uh, election. You know, we see the Dinesh D'Souza's movie, 2000 Mules. Uh, oh, that's just how we design our elections to be run. I mean, it's just yeah. it's jaw dropping the the state of denial in our media, and you know, in you know from from liberals in general, they, they they're just in a state of denial in terms of the harm their policies are causing in this nation. You know, Senator, I think they now know and fully appreciate what they have done, and I think maybe uh, they're quietly, secretly very proud of what they're achieving. Uh, they've destroyed confidence in our elections. Uh, 2020 was rigged. There's no doubt about it. Uh, was it fraud in various points? You know, there were pockets of it to the degree to which the outcome would be changed. We know for a fact, a, a vice president of the former vice president of the United States lied to the American people. A sitting U.S. attorney general refused to bring that to the attention of the American people, even though he knew it wasn't Russian disinformation, even though he knew there was a campaign to deceive the American people in the election. He refused to intervene. He said he didn't want to intervene in an election, but by so doing, he intervened in favor of Joe Biden. That that moment alone changed history, in my judgment. And what is going to happen this week, January 6th committee, a Stalinist, uh, a Stalinist architecture, if there ever was one. Uh, and we're supposed to pretend that, one, the president of the United States is not impaired, uh, that Kamala Harris is somehow qualified for the job she holds, and that the January 6th committee is somehow a legitimate inquiry when it is nothing more than a partisan attack uh, organized by the Speaker of the House. Uh, what are we to do? And of course, now it's becoming very obvious that we don't have a you know, one system of justice. We have a two-tiered system, you know, one that uh, coddles Democrats and their political friends, their, their buddies, uh, the elite, and then one for the rest of us. I mean, you know, we've seen Michael Sussman, who clearly lied to the FBI, you know, get off the hook. He was, he was uh, you know, found not guilty. You see the, you know, the SWAT team arrests of people like Roger Stone. Uh, some of the people that showed up on January 6th committed no violence and everyone in the Capitol, but were just there. And you get SWAT teams coming out to their, their farms and ranches to uh, round them up and you know, haul them in. And then, you know, Peter Navarro, uh, who, who, if all they had to do is go, you know, you're under arrest and he would have voluntarily gone in and you know, present himself to authorities because he's a law abiding citizen. You know, they have to cuff him at an airport, you know, put him in leg irons, put him in jail. Uh, again, this is outrageous. This is obviously a, a justice system now that is going after their political rivals. Uh, so there, there are so many things happening within the deep state with, with big federal government that people have lost confidence in it legitimately. And that's a real danger. That is a danger to our democracy. You know, it's really interesting, too, because the the corporate media is saying things like, uh, President Trump's allegations of a rigged election, which have been uh, debunked or uh, proved false, is pure nonsense. It's a lie. And they keep repeating the lie. And they keep talking about, well, that's an attack on the confidence in the electoral system. The, ele the attack on the electoral system was led by Mark Zuckerberg. It was led 
by Joe Biden's campaign, uh, picking up from Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016. It was led by the FBI, the Department of Justice, uh, various actors all on the left. And people want to say that we should hush and not mention the 2020 election because it will destroy confidence in our electoral system. And I would say to you, Senator, if anyone's got confidence in this electoral system, we're now less than six months to that election on November 8th. This is this is a moment where I have no confidence and I'm not certain because to go back to your answer uh, to my question about what will happen in November, you couched it. You know, you should win this thing in a landslide. But given what we know of the Democrats and what they have done to our election system, none of us can be sure that uh, what we should be will be. And of course, as is always true, Democrats always start this. Uh, remember, it was in 2016 that Hillary Clinton literally would not concede the election. She didn't lose. It was just Russian interference that uh, awarded the mm-hmm. election to President Trump. So you had half of America not believe that uh, President Trump's a legitimate election. Fast forward four years. Now, the other half uh, doesn't believe it's legitimate. And of course, it's impossible. It's impossible to prove fraud in so many cases. It's very difficult to do. But it's obvious there are all kinds of irregularities in Wisconsin alone. I mean, we had absentee ballots that were cured by election clerks. That's not allowable under state law. You know, we had uh, you know, people voting for uh, folks in, in uh, retirement communities, you know, people that were incapable of voting. Uh, that's not allowed. We had you know, an ex- expansion of indefinitely confined where, where people didn't have to provide uh, abs- or voter ID. Right. Uh, early voting in the park. I mean, there's Zuckerberg taking over you know, Green Bay, but also uh, impacting three or four other large Democratic st- strongholds. Of course, then Milwaukee. The five largest, the five largest in, right. in Wisconsin. And, and like so many other large jurisdictions, Milwaukee can't get their votes counted like the rest of America can. And the, the, the vote comes in the next day when they know exactly how many votes they need. Now, again, you can't prove uh, exactly how many votes, but it just looks suspicious. It reduces confidence. And Lou, I think our goal should be to restore confidence into our election system that no matter who wins, Republican, Democrat, or independent, we all agree that's the legitimate result. That's what we want as Republicans. That's not what Democrats want. Democrats want to push the envelope. Uh, they want to make it easy to cheat. It's obvious that's what they're trying to do with HR1, uh, with all these mail-in ballots, an explosion of absentee ballots. Uh, it's obvious what they're trying to do here. Well, speaking of what they're trying to do, uh, Susan Rice is there at the, uh, you know, the domestic uh, council, uh, domestic policy council, and she's very interested in this election, isn't she? And no one seems to want to talk about what she is up to and what this administration is up to. And I get increasingly worried because no one is asking those questions of the White House and uh, coming up with the answers. And further, Biden isn't changing a policy. They're just nuts uh, when it comes to public policy. Well, the good news is you have also 80 percent of the American population that that actually do want voter ID. As much as the Democrats scream that's racist, no, most people don't want their legitimate vote canceled by an illegitimate vote. You know, what I can tell you, what we're trying to do in Wisconsin is just, you know, be aware of what happened. You know, I kind of went down the laundry list of of like three different 
investigations have pretty well come up with the same thing. There are all kinds of guidances issued by Wisconsin Election Commission and election procedures uh, carried out by election officials that were contrary to state law. So the first thing you do is you just make election clerks and Wisconsin Election Commission follow the law. You know, there, there should be no excuse. There's an, there should be no COVID uh, pandemic this time that won't allow those election officials to follow the law. We've actually got some pretty good laws. There are things we need to strengthen, but that's the first thing. The, but the overall goal is we have to restore confidence in our election system, and that should be a completely bipartisan effort. And again, the, the fact that 80% of Americans back voter ID tells you it certainly can be bipartisan, uh, but that's not what Democrats want. So, so tell me this, Senator. Why is it the Republicans have such a hard time understanding that their number one priority should be to put in voter ID. And I want to put this in parentheses next to that question. Mexico has a, a absolutely uh, terrific, idiot-proof system of voter ID and requirement for certification, valid identification when they go to vote. People don't realize it. Mexico has an advanced system. And we think of Mexico as a third world nation. We're the third world nation. All but one country in Europe has voter ID. And yet we listen. Our Republican leaders listen to these idiots uh, on the left and uh, oh, don't call us racist because we want voter ID. Ignoring the fact you have to have voter ID for every, I mean, you have to have identification for everything in this country. And what is this condescension that isn't considered bigotry on the part of the left? They're saying that they're a uh, coalition of uh, constituents and voters isn't smart enough, isn't, uh, can't uh, have voter ID. What is the reason they can't have voter ID and why not pay for it? I mean, the ignorance of the situation is overwhelming. And that's what's sickening American voters and American citizens right now. Well, it's interesting. I'm sitting on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. We've held hearings you know, on the European subcommittee. And you know some of these countries that are trying to shed the uh, corruption, the, the corrupt legacy of the Soviet Union, uh, we're always pushing them for uh, election uh, reforms and and other legal reforms, that judicial reforms, <laughs> and and we're trying to impose on them much tighter controls over their on their elections than we impose on ourselves here. You know, we we have a far more lax uh, laws when it comes to elections. You know, more early voting. You know, a lot of people just. You know, a lot of countries don't allow early voting at all. It's like you show up on election day. Uh, that's, by the way, that's the best way to control voting. It's when you start uh, allowing early voting and absentee balloting and mail-in balloting. That's, that's what opens up the potential for fraud. And again, it's, it's hard to prevent fraud in those situations. And it's even more difficult to prove it. Uh, once the ballot is, is a, uh, separated from the, the absentee ballot envelope, now what do you do? Uh, so it, it's, it's very difficult after an election to prove all these things, which is why you have to prevent it on the front end with the kind of controls you're talking about. The first one is voter ID. And again, the good news is 80% of Americans agree with voter ID because they don't want their legitimate vote canceled by a fraudulent one. The Republican Party isn't delivering on what they want. Uh, and that has to change. And I hope it can change by this November. The other part has to change is we've got to have Republican volunteers in every polling place in the country. We've got to have aggressive lawyers sitting in every position that they can, uh, poll watchers and full participants volunteering 
from the Republican Party, because anything less is going to result in more fraud uh, and uh, a rigged election once again. And by the way, the, this is exactly what the left wants. They want to beat down Americans so they give up and Marxists can take over. That is precisely the plan. And how many states have gone to one day election, Senator? The number of states that have taken one day of, of elections, which is in the Constitution, one day and turned it into a voting season for crying out loud. You talked about the absentee ballots, uh, the, the most, uh, you know, the, the most potential for corruption. But the idea of adding days and weeks and, and in some cases months to uh, the election is, is madness itself. Well, the voters certainly don't have all the information they should have uh, uh, that they would have if they waited to vote on, on Election Day. Uh, so, listen, there's a legitimate uh, reason to have absentee ballots. I, I now find myself having an absentee ballot because I'm here in Washington, D.C. on Election Day. But, mm -hmm. you know, that, uh, that's in Wisconsin, that's a privilege. It's not a right. It's a privilege. And I think we need to tighten up controls across the board on elections, to, again, to, to make sure that we restore confidence in them. Uh, voting is, is pretty darn easy. I think what's, what's even uh, in many cases more outrageous is all, all these uh, elected officials that are howling about what how Georgia changed their laws. You take a look at the voting restrictions in their own states, far more restrictive than anything Georgia uh, enacted. So again, they're, they're, here, here's a shocker. Uh, newsflash, Democrats are hypocrites. This is just uh, an appalling circumstance. And we can, we're left in the position, really, I think, Senator, of hoping, hoping that we can get enough local volunteers and state organizations energized and led by intelligent, well-meaning patriots who will assure uh, that uh, their citizens' vote counts. It's going to take a, a, a almost 180-degree turn in the attitude of Republicans to get that engaged, that involved, and be full-on participants in democracy. But I hope this is the year it happens. Senator Johnson, we always give our guests the, the last word here, and I want to uh, turn to you now for your concluding thoughts as we wrap up here. Well, to give your listeners some hope, in Wisconsin, we've actually beefed up and had a lot more people voluntarily sign up to be uh, election workers, poll workers. Great. Plus, plus then we'll have uh, poll observers. It's two, two different, you know, one is a, uh, a job you get trained for, the other one you show up and you just observe. So we, we really have made a pretty good effort there. We have voter ID in Wisconsin. We take this seriously. Uh, hopefully this will be the election where we get a, a Republican governor so then we can uh, enact into law, uh, have a governor that signed the law that our legislators already passed to, to again, uh, increase the controls over our election system so that we restore confidence in it. That's the main goal here. And that should be a completely nonpartisan goal that we all should share. As every American, every Wisconsinite should be confident in the result of our election. I think we're moving that direction in Wisconsin. Well, that is encouraging news. And uh, Senator, it's been great talking with you as always. We thank you for being with us, Senator Ron Johnson, a great American. And God bless you, Senator. God bless you. Take care. Senator Ron Johnson, a great American. Here tomorrow, our guest will be one of the Republican Party's leading strategists and pollsters, John McLaughlin. And we'll be talking about what now appears to be a rising red wave of an election victory this year for the Republicans. We'll get his judgment on the races and the election outcome. Please join us. Till then, God bless you and God bless America.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 